Welcome to The Space at FMC Podcast, where our aim is to bring topics and guests that help us make mental health more accessible for everyone. I'm your host, Allie McPhail, and each episode, we bring on amazing guests to further the dialogue about how maintaining your mental health is not only possible, but it is imperative to an effective and full life. Each episode, we want to engage your thoughts with approachable and practical guests and topics in the ever-growing area of mental health and wellness. Welcome to Into the Space at FMC Podcast. Today's topic is all about depression and suicide ideation. What is it? What do we look for? We're joined today by Dr. Rashida Brown-Clark, who is a general psychiatrist and a fabulous colleague. I cannot wait to get this conversation started. Grab a paper and pen because you're going to want to take notes. Thank you so much, Rashida, for joining us today at Into the Space at FMC. Um, I can't wait to talk about this. We are here today to talk about what depression really looks like and, you know, is it always tied to suicide? And so, Rashida, you've had how many years of experience in general psychiatry? Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me. So I've been in practice now since 2009. So what is that? That's 11 years now, 11, 12 years. Awesome. Which is why I wanted to talk to you about this. So we're just going to jump right into it because this is going to be a really short and sweet episode so people can just get some facts about what depression really is. Um, A lot of people just use the word, I feel depressed when they're feeling sad or blue or down. Can you can you give us a little depression, uh, a, a, a synopsis of what depression really is? Sure. So, so we do use uh, the expression depression or, or to be depressed when something sad happens and you feel sad and down because of it, uh, probably coming and coming and going. So, so not quite persistent. But for a psychiatrist, when we talk about things like major depression or major depressive disorder or episode, we are talking about something that lasts at least two weeks, most days, if not all days of that two weeks or more. And we are looking for a particular criteria. So we're, we're looking for at, for at least five uh, criteria to determine that somebody is clinically depressed, uh, which is, okay. which is so- something that people say. Um, the person is clinically depressed or meets criteria for major depression. So it's, it's about looking at, you know, how long have you been experiencing these symptoms? Yes. And then what are, how intense are they? Is it, is yes. it just come and go or is it literally every day? Can you, can you list a few of what those symptoms might be? So sure. So we're looking for things like depressed mood, obviously feeling sad, feeling down. Um, people may say that they're not actually feeling sad, but they have noticed that they've lost enjoyment or pleasure in the things that they once enjoyed. So those things may be hobbies, family activities, uh, sex. Uh, so we also look at at loss of interest, something that we call anhedonia. There may okay. also be problems with sleep, either sleeping too much, sleeping too little, 
Same with appetite, eating, eating more than usual, not feeling hungry at all. There can also be feelings of guilt, feelings of hopelessness, loss of energy, poor concentration, feeling and feeling slowed down. So like moving slowly or thoughts are coming slowly or the opposite, feeling a bit agitated and thoughts are, 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 are going really fast. Or um, somebody can, can also say that they feel like they want to hurt themselves. And so they're having thoughts about hurting themselves, urges to hurt themselves. So, so okay. those are some of the symptoms that we look for. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think most of those symptoms we've all felt at one point or another. Does that seem fair to say? Yes. But, but with major depression, it's really about the persistence the, the inability to function because of the symptoms and the level of distress uh, that you are under because of the symptoms. So yeah. for quote unquote normal depression, you, you're not expected, the symptoms are not expected to persist. You usually can function um, through them and they, they, are, they may cause some distress, but again, it's not severe. Okay, that's really helpful because, you know, especially coming through this pandemic, I think we've all been to this semi-general depressed state at one point or another, but if we don't have to panic, if we can look at, you know, what's the persistence and how is it distressing us or how is it helping our functional ability to like, can we still do stuff, then, then if, if, that's, if that's there, we, if that's not there, excuse me, then we probably need to seek some, some help with that. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that's, thank you. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about suicide as well and the, the feelings of wanting to hurt yourself. Um, there's a lot of false beliefs about what this is. And I know, you know, recently there's been, you know, an uprising which needed to happen. But it, it, there are people, it's not just one person saying something. It's the whole culture kind of saying, you know, if you're committing suicide, that's about being weak. And we need to, we need to dispel that myth. Um, can you help me with that? What, what is what is the idea behind to it? If it's not about being weak, what is it? I know that's a really weird question, but I want people to really understand like what goes through people's heads when they have these suicide ideations. So I always say that I, I hope never to experience the, the level of hopelessness that would cause someone to think or act on suicidal thoughts. And a lot of times it really is a, a complete hopelessness and coming to the point where mm. you feel as though, or the person feels as though there is no way that they can feel better. There's no way that they can get over what they're experiencing. And and they will be much better. Their family will be much better. The world will be much better if they are not here. And so a lot of times it is just this sense of hopelessness and seeing no light at the end of the tunnel, as cliche as that is. Right. However, it's very- But it's, it's true. Yeah. yeah, but it's very important to, to remember though that not every person with major depression becomes suicidal that that's not uh, a necessary criterion to to 
diagnose someone with major depression and also mm-hmm. to remember that not every person that is suicidal or commits suicide or has a failed suicide attempt that not every person is depressed there are other disorders and 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 other experiences that would make a person contemplate suicide and also do something to hurt themselves Mm-hmm. That that's really helpful because a lot of people hear, oh, oh, you're depressed. Therefore, if you don't take care of it, you're going to end up, you know, thinking about suicide all the time and potentially ending your life. That's not always the case. No, um, and suicide can come from other sources as well. Yes. Now, now, if you if you have an untreated depression and it becomes very severe, then yes, you know, one of the one of the things that we look for in terms of determining severity is the presence or absence of, of suicidal ideation. So we, we want a person to be treated before they become severe and, and perhaps start to have uh, suicidal thoughts or urges mm-hmm. or develop a plan. But no, you can, you can have significant um, depression that does need treatment uh, that has nothing to do with, with wanting to hurt yourself or wanting to take your life. Awesome. I think what you just said in terms of seeking treatment before it becomes that extreme, I think learning how to recognize, you know, some of the other symptoms of what depression might be can really get get you a handle and some tools on how do I deal with this. Um, And a lot of people wait till like I'm feeling hopeless and I feel like I want to hurt myself and then they seek treatment. Uh, And please do if you're feeling that way. But I guess what we want to tell people is, you know, if you're noticing a persistent depression or the persistent signs of feeling depressed, please seek help as soon as you can. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And and so that makes, you know, your job of getting better a little bit easier than when it's got a huge grip on you. So it's not about being weak. It's about having all this idea of complete hopelessness, which can come with so many different things. Like when I, when I talk to people in my practice as a therapist, I call it, there's a lot of stuck feelings you know people feel stuck with finances or relationship or you know where they're going to go in their job or maybe they're about to lose their house like there's a lot of things that make us feel potentially hopeless because we don't know the way out and I think if you have that many factors going in it doesn't mean you're depressed it could mean if you're legitimately feeling stuck so we need to look at other resources but let me ask you this question so if someone comes to you and says okay I think I'm feeling depressed what kind of and they get, maybe they get diagnosed or they're kind of on the edge of being diagnosed. What should they be doing? Like what, what are some ideas or tools that can help them to not let it be as intense and lead to suicidal ideation? Well, some things that you can do or a person can do if they, if they feel as though they are getting to a point of, of becoming significantly depressed is obviously seeking help, you know, talking to your, Mm -hmm. talking to your doctor, whether that be a general practitioner or your family medicine doctor, uh, that just to, to get some feedback on what could be going on and whether or not you do need to seek the help of a psychiatrist or seek the help of a therapist. And sometimes on your own, you can just decide that you're going to go and see uh, a therapist and, and, and get some feedback from that person. Also, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to family, reaching out to friends, letting people know how you feel and uh, maintaining 
social contact and, and strengthening that social support is very helpful. I would also suggest uh, things like prayer, meditation, if you are a spiritual person, because that can be very helpful. Uh, also, also exercise, you know, um, we downplay the importance of exercise, but exercise is very important because it does help all of those feel good chemicals in the brain uh, to get going. And that will help with with mood as well. Um, and just and just engaging in activities that you enjoy reading, going to the beach, going in the water uh, any hobbies um, that you enjoy to to also help to feel better and to create all of those feel good hormones uh, in in the body. So there are some things that you can do, but it, you know it's very important to to note if you're doing the exercise and you're doing the hobbies and you're really pushing yourself in these areas and it is not helping you're praying you're meditating um and 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 that is not helping you you're 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 still not feeling good you're still feeling down and depressed you're still not enjoying anything then i would always encourage you to speak to someone to speak to a doctor to reach out to a therapist mm -hmm. and in the Bahamas mm -hmm. you do have the ability to even reach out directly to a psychiatrist if you think that that is necessary so yeah that, that's helpful yeah. I, I love I love that because I mean that just goes back to your first point please don't do yes. it alone uh, don't isolate seek help um, and seek help that's useful uh, sometimes if we talk to our friends or family members they're not that helpful then find someone exactly. else you know you need at this point if you're if you're not feeling supported you need to find that elsewhere whether it's a professional or a group or a hotline um, don't do it alone I, and I, I know that depression and a lot of mental illnesses make us want to do things alone and I think that's when things get a little bit scary yes. is if you could stay in stay in the fray if you will with your communications and your and your contacts that's going to help you a lot more but all the other rest of it sounds a lot more like fine balance so praying, meditation, mindfulness, you know, keep that mental space open, exercise is physical, I think also sleep in there, like anything, eating well, sleep and then an recreation stuff, Sorry. so okay. yeah, sleep's yeah, a big one, yeah, important one. okay, yeah, and so it's basically, all these things are really helpful, even if we're not experiencing depression, like we need, we need all of this in our life, it's not just only those who are mentally not feeling great need this, we need this as preventative exactly. as well. So that's very, very helpful. Um, I really appreciate this, this topic. I think we could go on for hours and hours, but I want to keep this nice and short so people can kind of close this uh, podcast off and make some notes, maybe journal about what they learned and where the next steps are, where their concerns are, who do they need to talk to. Um, and I would encourage anyone listening to be able to do that. So Rashida, thank you. This has been so helpful. You're definitely going to come back and we're going to do more work on this. Um, but for now, do you have any closing words for anyone who might be concerned about how they're feeling? I would just say that you, we know ourselves better than anyone else. And you, we all know what is our norm and what is not our norm. And so don't let people tell you when you do open up, oh, you know, you're going to get over that or just get over that. Just snap out of it. Just pray, you know, just just take it to take it to God and don't worry about it, you know, but we know what is working and what is not working. So be true to yourself 
and reach out when you know that you need to, because we all know mm-hmm. when we need to, we get scared sometimes, we get bullied into into not opening up, but the biggest thing is just to reach out when when necessary and to not be afraid to take our health, especially our mental health, uh, in our hands and, 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 and run with it and do what we need to do to stay well. That was so well put. Be true to yourself. You know yourself the best. Trust your instincts on this and don't wait. Just, just seek help when you need it and start being preventative or proactive about treating it ahead of time. That's beautiful. Thank you, No Ishida. problem. Thanks so much, Okay, Abby. well, we will. You're welcome. We'll talk to you another time. And uh, and I thank you. that This is me very helpful for a lot sure. of people. You, as you take well. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love topics like that. I know they're hard, but they are so important because everyone at some point will be feeling some of these symptoms of depression and possibly suicide ideation. So my goal for you today is now take a minute, sit with a pen and paper or an audio recorder, make note of any symptoms you might be having, do they need to be attended to? And then I would also heed the words of Dr. Rashida Brown-Clark when she said, don't do this alone, you need to seek help, don't isolate find some way to mentally establish some space in your brain by praying, meditating, being mindful, look after your physical body through exercise and sleep, and find some activities that you can enjoy and build them into your schedule. Even if they're only five minutes a day, they make a huge difference. So thank you again for being with us at Into the Space at FMC Podcast. Come back another week for another new episode. The views expressed in this podcast are just that, views, and are not intended to substitute for professional help. If you find yourself in need of further help, please make it your goal to seek out qualified professional attention.